When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. Boys are back. Baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception the Show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Go, Matt Harmon here with you. You are listening to Reception Perception the Show. Matt, as we head into headlong into weekend number 15, first week of the Fantasy playoffs. Uh, how are you feeling about the fantasy playoffs, man? I'm feeling pretty good, man. Uh, I've got some teams that, um, you know, you know how it is when you're in a bunch of leagues and stuff like that. Yeah. There's ones you care about. There's ones you really don't. Mm-hmm. I've got at least two <laughs> in leagues that I really want to perform well, including my my dynasty league with a uh, with a few folks. Uh, and uh, man, I I'm I'm gassed up. I I have this dreaded feeling that uh, I actually had Rich Rebar on the Yahoo podcast earlier, and we played last week, and he I beat him. I've won five of my last six, and but now we're Ooh. matched up again based on his total points and my division okay. standing, and we're matched okay. up again this week. And I I just have this dreaded feeling that I'm not gonna I can't beat him two weeks in a row. So I'm <laughs> I'm pretty nervous about that. But otherwise, feel good about where my teams are. I, I definitely feel like this year I have so much. Um, I so many all my good teams have Josh Allen and Tyler Lockett. Uh, uh, interestingly enough, so um, it was it was weird this year for me as like with especially the quarterback stuff. Like I almost always either got Josh Allen or Tom Brady, and it's like the Allen teams all good, the Brady teams all bad. So that's that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's um it's funny too because um the whole and th- there's no shade at all to to the whole late round quarterback thing. Um, or it's late, late round QB himself, but I'm just saying, I, I feel like we have to like, I don't know, maybe recalibrate a little yeah. bit coming into this off season, because I'll tell you what, man, like the positional advantage you get from either Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen this year, I, I'm in the Jalen same Hurts, boat. bro. That's my, my other really too. good team as Jalen Hurts. Yeah. This is a weird year because there usually are like two or three Jalen Hurtsy type players. And this year you got mm-hmm. one. Yeah, you had Jalen. Yeah. That's it. Uh, but again, I, I mean, if you ponied up for Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, and by the way, their prices get driven down pretty hard. Just unbelievable positional uh, advantage uh, from those handful of, or just a few guys. It's not even a handful. It's just a few guys that are really just outpacing the group. And um, and man, you really, if you don't get those guys, you really need to hit on a bunch of dudes 
to make up for that positional disparity. So I just feel like maybe as we go into 2023, we kind of sort of need to evaluate that or maybe reevaluate that. But neither here nor there. Uh, we go into the fantasy playoffs here today. Um, and we got a great show lined up in front of us. Uh, should we just get right into it, man? Let's talk about the Bills, uh, shall yeah. we? What's old is new again. You know what I mean? Cole Beasley, John Brown, uh, <laughs> two guys that very familiar with the Bills organization. Here they are. They're back with the Bills, baby. Yeah, um, they obviously brought John Brown back. I think it was a handful of weeks ago. Like I didn't even know yeah, he was on their practice ago. squad. It, yeah, mm-hmm. and I didn't even know he was on their practice squad um, heading into that game. They played on Thursday night against the Patriots, and um, you know, I was like getting news alerts that they activated him from the practice squad. You know, long time reception perception folks know I love John Brown. Like I was a of big course. fan of Brown's game in Arizona. Um, you know, uh, was all over him the year he went to Buffalo was all over him the year he went to Baltimore too. And he, he was having a nice first half of the year. Um, there, I just always been a huge fan of his game. Uh, his second season, he had a, had a big season in Arizona before all the sickle cell stuff. Right. But so mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God, John Brown is back. Let's go. And, and, and not like a very serious way, but just cause yeah. I mean, he, he bounced around a bajillion teams last year. Right. Never really, I don't even think he made an impact. It like got cut in the offseason from the Raiders. But it was like, oh, wow, that's interesting that he's that he's back there. Kind of kind of cool to see. And then this Cole Beasley thing, which obviously they wow. signed him to their practice squad. And I, he'll be he'll be on the active roster and he'll be probably playing. Even Isaiah McKenzie, their uh, current slot receiver, was like, you know, the, basically tweeted something to the effect, like, the floor is all yours, um, Cole Beasley. <laughs> I also love that. <laughs> I also love that you know, somebody replied back to him and said, like, he, uh, whatever you know anti-vaxxer thing and i mckenzie was like he's our anti-vaxxer loser so <laughs> just... wow uh, he, know, he's, uh, by the way he has said some other very troubling things in yeah. some of his rap lyrics as well man like oh yeah. my gosh uh not 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 ideal um not in ideal. terms of no yeah, not ideal but uh you know I, uh, some folks have pointed out the fact that maybe you know, from a just a pure football standpoint, uh, the Bills have kind of sort of missed a, a very reliable slot receiver like Cole Beasley was for them uh, for a good chunk of the year last year. I think this one really set off alarm bells to me, like especially in conjunction with the John Brown edition, because I think this I, I think it's like says it without saying it that Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, the Bills brain trust feels like they're a bill like their experiment and their, their moves to, to progress the receiver core to its next era has failed here. Uh, like their bets didn't hit on these guys. Like they thought that Gabe Davis could, you know, elevate himself to be a consistent out number two outside receiver. I think by all accounts, that bet has failed this year. You know, he's gone under 40 yards in seven of his 12 games and, you know, production stats, not everything, but that jives very well with the player that we thought Gabe Davis was going to be coming into this year, that he is, a guy that can absolutely burn down the field, post routes, corner routes, nine routes. That's great stuff. But he is not a consistent player in the short to intermediate game. And that's troubling when you're going to be like a, I mean, he's out there running around on just about every single drop back. He's too inconsistent to be that player. And he also doesn't have consistent hands either. Like you either need to have inconsistent hands and be a great separator, or you need to be uh, a great separator. With inc- like, you can't be both. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. uh, and then, right. and then McKenzie too, I talked about this when I wrote up his reception perception profile. I'm sure I talked about it on the show too that, yeah, his his RP scores looked really good in a very limited role last year as like a gadget guy. Could he progress to being something else? 
I think the answer so far is no. Like, I mean, I think that experiment has failed. He looks more like a kick returner trying to play receiver. And, you know, for whatever reason, despite the fact Khalil Shakir has flashed a couple times he's been on the field, they don't seem interested in throwing him out there. So um, I think this is an interesting admission by the Bills who have, I think Brandon Bean's executed one of the best rebuilds, one of the best team builds in the last probably 10 years of football. But this wide receiver uh, gamble this offseason, maybe you want to call it a gamble, or at least the bets that he made to progress it from the group that Josh Allen had in like 2019 to 2020 um, to just this past year, I think uh, what they're dealing with now, I think, I think he's lost this bet at least. Yeah. I mean, you take a look at some of the numbers for Gabe Davis and uh, you know, again, people were expecting a big jump forward, but um, you have him tracked down here as a 64% success rate versus man, which is not very good. Um, at yeah, all sub, well below subpar. league average yeah that's below league average and then success rate versus zone you've got him at 75 percent um, which is again an extremely low number uh, you would like that you know again somewhere above 80 percent if you're not going to be great at man where are you winning right so it's like well mm-hmm. he's not winning against man he's not winning against zone matt um you know you need you talk about the lack of separation well there it is right like he's not yeah. very He's not separating either against man or zone. (laughs) And we've highlighted on this show a lot of times that, hey, listen, you might not be great against man coverage, but that's okay as long as you have a role separating in zone coverage, right? Um, Part Mm -hmm. of that, too, is the route selection that they they have drawn up for him, too. You know, it's like, hey, listen, it's going to be awfully difficult. Uh, to win against zone coverage when you are running these deep nines, right? Um, yeah, totally. Corner, corner post routes. That's going to be tough too. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so I don't know, maybe by the way, I, I don't feel like we've talked about this enough, but how much does this team forget about the receivers? How much does this team miss Brian Dable? Um, I think Dable was able to kind of sort of able to scheme these guys open just a little bit. Um, and I think they certainly miss his play calling as well. It's really tough because there's a lot going on with the bills, right? Like Josh Allen's elbow injury. How much has that contributed to the recent slump? Um, how much, uh, uh, Rich Rebar had a stat on, uh, when we were talking, when I was talking to him today, that the bills have scored on like 10.5% of their second half scored a touchdown 10.5% of their second half drives since their bye week Like, I mean, they hmm. that's not what we expect from the bills offense, no. right? Like, no. um, so Josh Allen's elbow, how much does that have something to do with it? You know, how about, how does, how much does, uh, how much blame does Ken Dorsey need to wear in all this as he's taken over the offensive coordinator job? I, I don't know. Cause at different points in the year, I mean, I remember that, that one game, I think it was against the Packers, like early on this year where they, they were lights out in the first half could basically just do whatever they wanted. And then the second half, like Josh Allen threw some picks, whatever. Um, yeah. And it almost kind of felt like they're playing with their food a little bit, you know, like they're just mm-hmm. bored and like just kind of testing to see what they could get away with. But that, that offense is a far cry from what we've seen lately. And look, I think, I think, I think all that stuff can still be true. And 
you can still be extremely disappointed with the production that they've gotten out of and the play that they've gotten out of the non Stefan Diggs guys in this offense. I mean, you know, they, they try to bring in like a receiving back and, you know, James cook and they trade for Naheem Hines and neither one of those guys has been a consistent factor in the offense. Um, how much does, how much does that come back down to coaching? I, I really don't know, but um, just the fact that it, it's crazy that the bills offense is what it is. And by the way, it's still a very good offense. Like on paper. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's still great. Like we're talking about just like picking nits at it, right? Like they can win it. <laughs> right. They can win a Super Bowl, I think, with Gabe Davis as a number two receiver <laughs> or whatever. Like it doesn't matter. Right. But at yeah. the end of the day, it's just the fact that they don't have anyone that they can count on on a consistent route by route basis except Stefan Diggs. And hey, Again, that's all right. Diggs is one of the five, three best receivers in pro football. Okay. So that's, he can, he can bear a lot of the weight here, but yeah, I just, I think, you know, especially in fantasy people like, Oh, target shared for Gabe Davis. It doesn't matter. Cause he's going to be playing with Josh Allen. It's like, well, you still have to be, if you're going to be out there as like a legit number two receiver, every I don't think Gabe Davis sucks. I just think Gabe Davis is a very, very, very limited player. He has, he's he's kind of like a one-trick pony he's in the will fuller zone uh for people to oh, yeah. I think if you want to think oh, yeah. of that that analogy right like and, and that's just that's not for everybody from a fantasy perspective i can live with that volatility but from a real life perspective i think that it's a big big problem with the bills and you, you don't have to believe me look at what the bills are doing okay like they're telling you that that themselves when they're bringing back these guys that they have gotten good play from and i'm not sure james i'm not sure that john brown is gonna go out there and you know <sighs> be a big factor <laughs> or even Cole Beasley is going to go out there and be a big no. factor. But, but it yeah. shows that it shows that they're looking for something. And when they're looking, when somebody's looking for something it means they're not happy with what they've got. Yeah. I mean, they're just throwing, they're just throwing anything at it right now. That's what it seems yeah. like um, to your point. Um, look, Khalil Shakir, ha- has he developed? I guess the answer is no. Um, and you know, you kind of want these young players, especially this late into the season to have shown you something. You know what I mean? Um, and I think the opportunity was certainly there for Shakir um, to step forward if he did develop uh, into a consistent playmaker for this team. You know what's crazy too, Matt? You kind of take a look at what Josh Allen is doing, and he really is. They're asking him to put on the Superman cape each and yeah. every week. And for the most part, he kind of sort of has done that. I mean, the guy is on pace uh, to have more passing yards than he did last year. He's on pace to have a higher completion percentage just by a tick. Uh, than last year. Um, he's going to have on pace again, fewer interceptions than last year as well. So there's a lot of things um, to really like about Josh Allen. He really has put the Cape on, but I think the reason people bring up the offense is because just from an eyeball standpoint, there's it's, just something yeah. off about yeah. this Buffalo offense to the visual aspect of it. But from a statistic standpoint, Josh Allen's actually going to be slightly better than he was last year, which is saying something because I thought last year he was absolutely phenomenal. It just feels different when you, when Mm -hmm. you watch them, when you take in a bills game, it doesn't feel like they can take over a game, you know, even in a matchup with the Detroit lions on Thanksgiving, like they had to scratch and claw to win that one. And, And look, maybe it's, um, it's kind of funny, right? Because last year, different times when the Bills offense has been like blowing teams away, it's like, can they really win close games? And now they're like, you know, winning some of these close games. And it's like, yeah, but can they blow teams away? It's like, well, geez. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good point. Oh, my God. That's such a good point. It's uh, like, maybe, you know, it's. <laughs> 
I'll say this too. You know, I don't think Sean McDermott, who is a defensive minded guy, um, I don't, he, he, they point to the offense because that's always the shiny object, man. But, you know, yeah. this defense has taken a pretty significant step back too. They're not the shutdown unit uh, they were last year. And obviously injuries have played a huge part of that. But you would expect a defensive-minded head coach of Sean McDermott uh, to coach these boys up a little bit. I don't necessarily know uh, if that is the case. But anyways, that is, that's the Bills.